Welcome to the Be Blessed and Inspired podcast. I'm Tracy Hill, and I'll be your host as we dive into scripture and find inspiration for our daily lives. This is a space filled with the love, hope, peace, and joy of Jesus. The faith-filled messages are based on the Word of God. Each episode intends to grow our faith, encourage our hearts, and draw us closer to the Lord. We will be reminded of who our God is and who He says we are in Christ. Our whole perspective changes when we know His trustworthy character, and our confidence grows when we embrace our identity as His beloved children. So daughters of the King, let's begin. This episode is titled, You Are Beautiful. My hope is to help you believe this about yourself. We will look to God's word for confirmation of this lovely truth. You are beautiful. Genesis 1:31 says, God saw all that he had made and it was very good. When God made the birds and the fish, he said, it is good. When he made the animals of the land, he said, it is good. When he placed the stars, the moon, and the sun in the heavens, he said, it is good. And when he made you, A smile of great pleasure spread across his face, and he said it is very good. God doesn't make mistakes. All God's handiwork is proclaimed as good. You are one of God's amazing creations, so that makes you good too. He made you just the way you are, special and unique, unlike anyone else. Let God's words sink into your heart and mind and give you the encouragement and confidence you need to be uniquely you today. When you look in the mirror, what do you see? Do you behold your beauty or do you notice your flaws? Far too often, we hone in on what we perceive as wrong, being harsh and critical, picking ourselves apart, wishing we were different in some way. And it's such a shame we don't readily see what God sees. He sees absolute beauty in his precious child. If only we could see ourselves just as he sees us and most likely as others see us too. Fortunately, with his help in altering our perspective, I think we can. We can begin to see ourselves through the lens of love and grace and to appreciate the marvelous way that God saw fit to make us. Ask the Lord to give you his viewpoint on you. Song of Songs 4-7 says, You are altogether beautiful, my darling. There is no flaw in you. That is how the Lord sees you. Why would you want to be like anyone else when you can be uniquely you? Our world, not to mention the heavens, is filled with awe-inspiring beauty. Everywhere we look, something dazzling catches our eye. It's not the things that blend in that grab our attention. It's the things that stand out. And the same principle applies to people too. If we all looked alike, life would be so bland and boring. God has made you to be especially you for a reason, to add to the beautiful tapestry of his creation. You add a dimension to this world that would be greatly missed if you were like someone else. God created your insides and out exactly the way he intended. He gave you characteristics unique only to you. He formed your traits, qualities, personality, talents, gifts, appearance, and he even threw in a few quirks to make the remarkable and complete package of you. And I'm so glad he did. Song of Songs 6-9 says, But my dove, my perfect one, is unique. 
The infallible word of God says that you are wonderfully made. Psalm 139 verses 13 through 16 says, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. These scriptures make it clear that you were no accident. God planned on you long before your arrival and even before the world began. Before the technology of modern ultrasound gave insight to the eyes of doctors and parents, your heavenly father had his eyes on you. I love the way scripture describes the intentionality of God's design of our lives. Years ago, my mom sewed me a pair of pajama pants and gave them to me as a gift. They were cute, they were comfy, and they had a bright colorful print set set against a white background, and they had a pink checked waistband too. And she made them specifically with me in mind. She also crocheted me a few ponchos when crocheting was all the rage. Uh, She made a pink one, a white one, and a pale blue one. She knew I'd like these colors. Her hands held the needles as she hooked and looped each new row. She created something beautiful with anticipation of giving me these beautiful gifts. And inside the pajama pants and each of the cozy ponchos that my mom made, she lovingly sewed a tag saying, made with love by mom. She personally placed a message to me and her stamp of designership on each of the items she had made. It reminds me of how God made you and me. Not only was he watching over us, but his mighty hands were lovingly at work, knitting and weaving every bit of us together. Stitch by stitch, cell by cell, God was intimately involved in making you and me. Not one detail was overlooked. We were made with love and God has written his name on our hearts and placed his seal over our lives. Psalm 139 describes us as being fearfully and wonderfully made. So I found some synonyms to elaborate on this message. We are extraordinarily, uncommonly, remarkably, powerfully, exceedingly, tremendously, fantastically, amazingly, wondrously, astoundingly, marvelously, stunningly, staggeringly, uncommonly, and uniquely made. If this is how God feels about you, it's time you took it to heart and believed it full well. Song of Songs, uh, chapter 1, verse 15 says, How beautiful you are, my darling. Oh, how beautiful. The Lord began knitting us together while we were in our mother's womb, and he continues weaving our lives into something remarkable up until the day he takes us home to heaven. Spending time in the presence of Jesus transforms our hearts, and it increasingly shows on our faces. Our countenance changes to reflect His sweet grace at work in us. Others even notice the change. Our eyes that before were weary are filled with hope and sparkle with joy. The time we spend with Jesus is better than any day at the spa. He does more for our beauty than any treatments can. He's the one who softens the lines of our face. He unfurrows our brow. He removes our scowl, replacing them with a glimmer in our eyes, a rosiness to our cheeks, and an upward curve at the edges of our mouths. 
Jesus is the master at complete makeovers, both inside and out. As we spend time with him, the unfading beauty of kindness, goodness, and gentleness can't help but manifest on our face and be exhibited in our words, actions, and lives. Proverbs 31.30 says, Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. This scripture brings something to mind, and I'd like to pose a couple of questions based on it. So here's number one. Have you noticed how your impression of the most physically gorgeous woman instantly changes the second she opens her mouth in anger, rudeness, or sarcasm? Number two, have you ever witnessed a woman with a more plainer appearance transform into a beauty right before your eyes just because she exhibited kindness and gentleness and her words were seasoned with grace? I've seen this change occur in front of me many times before. Sometimes it's shockingly ugly. Other times it's surprisingly lovely. I think this emphasizes the fact that true and lasting beauty radiates from the inside. Although society will try to tell us different. Magazines, television commercials, and social media platforms push their impossible, touched-up ideal of beauty on us. Unfortunately, media sets the bar and far too often we try to jump over it. It's exhausting and unfulfilling too. The world tries to convince us that beauty is found only in youth, glamour, and its idea of perfection. We're wrongly told that beauty should be flaunted on obvious display for all the world to see with overly revealing clothing as a means of attracting attention. It's amazing how we fall for it. But fortunately, the Bible exposes the nonsense of these ideas. True beauty does not, with a capital N-O-T, come in one size, one shape, or one color fits all. Real beauty is much more than meets the eye. It goes far beyond skin deep. The Word of God flips the world's understanding of beauty completely upside down. Instead, God tells us that beauty, value, dignity, and worth are found in every life, no matter the stage or age, shape, or size. It is, in, it is found in the fact that God created us. It's realized in our attitude, and we don't have to fight the aging process, but instead embrace it. Gray hair is a symbol of beauty. It's a symbol of wisdom. And wrinkles are quite simply glorious lines etched into faces from both sorrow and joy, telling the story of a life well lived. God finds beauty in a quiet and gentle spirit, in modesty, in wisdom, in righteousness, in kindness, and compassion. Ask God to give you his perspective and throw off the pressure and lies. God's kind of beauty stands the test of time. It isn't a passing fad or an outrageous fashion that comes and goes out of style at a moment's notice. 1 Peter 3.3 says your beauty should not come from outward adornment, such as elaborate hairstyles and the wearing of gold jewelry or fine clothes. Rather, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's eyes. 1 Timothy 2, 9 through 10 says, I also want women to dress modestly, with decency and propriety, adorning themselves not with elaborate hairstyles or gold or pearls or expensive clothes, but with good deeds appropriate for women who profess to worship God. 
So before you throw out all your cute clothes <laughs> and uh, forget to do your hair, scripture isn't saying we can't put any effort into our appearance or that wearing a cute outfit or a pretty necklace is bad. It's just warning us to get our priorities straight by being more concerned with the things that make us beautiful from the inside out. Our attitude and character do more to affect our beauty than any makeup possibly could. So when you're getting dressed in the morning, be sure to add some kindness and a smile. They are your best accessory. In Matthew 22, verses 37 and 38, Jesus was asked, which were the greatest commandments for us to follow? And Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. In most commentaries and sermons, the love for God and for our neighbor are highlighted in this exchange, and with good reason. They are the commands that Jesus has given us to follow and from which all godly living flows. But I found that there's an often overlooked underlying theme. Jesus said we're to love our neighbors as ourselves, which brings with it the assumption that we actually love ourselves. I think it's sometimes easier for us to appreciate and love others than it is to even tolerate ourselves. We look at others and think, she's so pretty, she's so kind, she's so talented and so organized and, and so on. But do we apply these same gracious, generous thoughts to ourselves? It's about time we start showing ourselves some grace and begin seeing ourselves as special instead of being our own worst critic. From now on, let's determine to conquer our negative self-image, raise our low self-esteem, replace our negative self-talk, stop being overly self-conscious, and cease trying to be someone else. Let's make a clean break from focusing on our flaws and imperfections and just appreciate who and how God has made us each to be, a daughter of the King. And in this way, we glorify the Lord. The act of loving and appreciating ourselves as God's lovely handiwork means that we also respect and take care of ourselves as His creation. Instead of being self-conscious, we're going to be self-aware, aware of how to optimally take care of this body that God has blessed us with. We want to bring out the best in what we've been given by feeding our bodies nutritious food, being active, getting proper rest, meditating on the Word of God, and by taking time to take care of ourselves and not feel guilty. So don't obsess over your looks and your body image, but also don't neglect to take, take care of yourself. Don't take yourself for granted. Love and care for yourself, and in this way, you will honor God. Refrain from things that are harmful, and instead take time to nourish your body, mind, and spirit with things that are beneficial and pleasing to God. 1 Corinthians 6, 19-20 tells us, do, do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies." God considers you beautiful enough to be a temple for His Holy Spirit. He's chosen to dwell in you, and by His power, will continue to make you more and more breathtaking until the day Jesus returns. As you await that glorious day, choose to honor Him with all that you are and tell Him how grateful you are that He made you special and saw fit to put His seal on you. 
You know, I'm so glad that God, God loves variety in his creation. My life is blessed by an array of amazing women. My family's filled with women who have helped make me who I am today. My mom, my grandmas, my sisters, my stepmom, my mother-in-law, my sisters-in-law, my aunts, and my cousins. Each has contributed to my life in their own special way. I have many dear friends, including some I've had since childhood and share many memories with. I have a group of precious women that I meet with week after week in Bible study. They are all unique. And when I sit in my backyard, surrounded by my beautiful flowers, I'm reminded of each of the lovely women in my life. As my gaze wanders around the yard, my eyes land on the flowers one by one. Each is exceptional in its own way. There are the robust pink ones, full and bright, the petite, cheery, orange-tinted ones, the white, delicate blooms, the tight yellow blooms still waiting to blossom. There's a pale lavender one hiding amid them all. Each flower has its own color, shape, size, and fragrance. God, in his creative sovereignty, made them each uniquely different, but all equally beautiful. My hope is that every dear woman, some I know, others I may never meet, would come to celebrate her own beauty, to realize her own worth just as she is, not comparing herself to the woman next to her. I hope that she loves and accepts herself just the way that she's been created. I'm so glad that God has put a variety of flowers in my yard, and I'm so very glad that he's put a wide variety of women in my life. Each is a beautiful blessing to me in her own special way. And I hope to be a unique blessing to them too. And in one way or another, you and I are on this journey together. And I hope to be a beautiful blessing to you too. Well, I hope you know that you are beautiful just the way you are. God says it and he always speaks the truth. As we close our time together, I'd like to do a short exercise with you. I'm going to say three little words, and I'd like you to repeat after me. So here we go. I am beautiful. Did you say it? How did that feel? I hope you believe it. So until next time, continue to uproot the lies of insecurity by refocusing your mind onto what God says about you. You are beautiful. Be sure to follow for news of upcoming podcasts and share these messages with your friends. For more inspiration, check out my website at beblessedandinspired.com. You'll find video teachings, blog devotions, and get a peek at my books and Bible studies, which take you deeper into the Word of God. So take care and be blessed. I'll meet you back here soon for more inspiration.